This podcast is available in video form on our YouTube channel at Moto Outsider. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to yet another episode of the Moto Outsider, where you can expect raw and completely outside opinions with what's going on inside the Moto world. And as always, I am joined by my beautiful long-haired co-host, my man Chris Baird. What's going on, dude? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. And I'm glad we popped on to make this video because... There's a little bit of a pro circuit curse. There's a big shakeup going on in the 250s, and I think we need to talk about this and air some things out. I've got some opinions, and I know you are the savant when it comes to moto data. So you ready to jump in on this? I appreciate that. I'm ready, man. Let's do this. There's a lot, right. a lot of crazy stuff going on. Without a doubt, dude. And I know that you saw the press release from Kawasaki, but I'm going to read a little bit of it to you right from the top. It has been quite a week for the Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki team. On Wednesday, the 250 Supercross East Regional Championship competitor Seth Hamaker suffered a broken wrist and arm in practice, which was nuts if you saw that video. And then I didn't just see it. two, dude, two days later, two, uh, fellow 250 rider Joe Samota suffered a broken collarbone in practice as well on Friday. So, with a week to go before the 250 East Regional Opener in Houston, Mitch Payton's team lost both of their riders for the championship. These injuries came in. Already lost Austin Forkner. Everybody knows that video with what happened there and his injury. So, safe to say, they are off to a, a pro circuit is off to a rough start. Um, that leads us into who they're bringing in, our guy Chris Blos. I have some... I guess you could say rather contrarian opinions with how Pro Circuit handled this and what I think they should have done. But Chris, give me your feedback on the hire and what's going on with this Pro Circuit curse. Yeah, I know you have some pretty strong takes as always, but that's good. That's why we're here in the Moto Outsider to give us uh, <laughs> crazy different opinions. But yeah, so they signed Chris Blose this week. I guess Friday he ended up testing the bike. Not sure where, but obviously he was riding well enough for Mitch to say, hey, let's give him a chance. So yeah, we're going to see Chris Blose race. Uh, he was ninth overall in 250 Supercross West last season. Pretty impressive. He had, I think, four or five top 10 finishes. So, I mean, he's a top 10 guy. I truly feel like he can be there, especially with the East Coast Division. The field's already really weakened out. Uh, Husqvarna lost another guy, which is another story. So, the 250 East class is not looking super strong off the rip, and I think he'll be a good contender for this top 10, maybe even some top fives. But what do you think? What's your opinions, Matt? Come on, get into so, this. I know you're all fired up today. Hey, dude, so, well, I, I'm, I took to the comments on this on our Instagram. And, guys, if you're not following us on Instagram, please do. It is at Moto Outsider. Uh, we're super active on Instagram, so please give us a follow. And, of course, subscribe to this YouTube channel as well. This is where we're going to disseminate all of our information. But... I was speaking with a guy in the comments, and you could pop that uh, comment section up here. And, yep. you know, I pretty much said Mitch Payton must be screaming on this one. And uh, a gentleman commented back and pretty much said they're looking for someone consistent or something along those lines to get a bike over the finish line, essentially. And what I originally said was I feel as if this was the time Pro Circuit could have came out, made a crazy hire out of left field that no one knows about or wasn't really expecting. Um, you know, someone like the uh, what's his name? The kid from Washington who's disgusting. Carson Dad, Brown. Carson Brown. Like, dude, yeah. I don't know if this is possible. What if they brought him in? Right. The kid's a stud on a bike. Natural talent yeah. for sure. Has pro speed, obviously. I feel as if Pro Circuit missed the ball because they could have brought in a crazy outsider paid them little to no money. The The downside for Pro Circuit at this point is nothing. They would have just had a dude from left field come out and potentially swing for top 10s or top 5s. I don't know. That's my opinion. I just think Pro Circuit missed the ball on this hire, but that's me. 
Yeah, no, I don't think you're wrong there at all. I do think that there probably were better candidates, but yeah. you also got to think they only have one week until the, the season opener for the East Coast. So they really got to get somebody who's probably familiar with the Kawasaki. You know, you look at Carson Brown, he's ridden Yamahas and KTMs. Not saying he couldn't adjust, but getting him into a program like that and having to you know be down in California where he's always riding in Washington. I don't know. Like In a way, I do think they made a pretty good choice. I mean, if you go and look over at his World Supercross results, he's second overall in Cardiff, fourth overall in Australia. I don't know. I'm kind of 50-50 on this. I think that better candidates, there definitely were some, but I think they're looking for a guy who's going to get results, get that bike out there, get some exposure, maybe pull yep. a start here and there. I don't know. There's a lot of different ways you could look at this one, but we're going to see next week. That's all we can do is sit here and wait, right? For sure. And I see the business side of it too, because of course, Mitch is going to want that consistency to keep the bike on the track and across the finish line. At this point, they have nothing and no one. So they need a consistent hire that they're safe with that is going to keep everyone employed and keep the lights on at pro circuit. So I get it. I'll digress on them uh, missing the ball. But dude, I mean, Chris <laughs> Bloss's career in the States hasn't really been too, too much. Do you think he, I mean, I feel as if he was the right hire for the job. I guess you'd agree. But do you have any other thoughts on him as the rider that they chose? I mean, I think he's a guy who's going to get good starts, you know, here and there. Uh, he's going to stand out, do some big rhythms. He's a bigger guy. You see him on the bike. He kind of reminds me of Weston Pike a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. Just kind of, you know, filled out a little bit taller. I think he's going to be someone who's just really consistent. Again, the field's kind of weak. He's been racing since 2005. In my mind, I don't see him as a guy who's going to go out there and just absolutely crush it in qualifying, but he's going to race. He's a racer. No matter what, he's going to push through the pack, give it his all. And again, I think top 10s and maybe some top 5s this season are pretty reasonable. If you think about this weekend, you know, Phil Nicoletti led most of the second. We don't know what to call him. They call him main events, I guess. He led the second main event for almost the whole way through. So he's a guy who gets a good start in a triple crown, and who knows, maybe he wins or podiums one of those. I'm curious to see how fast he is. Uh, right. They say he runs a suspension shop in Arizona, so he's not really racing right now. Makes you wonder how prepared he truly is to jump in on a bike and just take off. Although Australian Supercross did end back in December, so I'm, I'm really confused, but also excited to see him perform to see what he's got. Well, I think a lot of the people that are in the positions that we are giving their reactions and comments on this are all, all of us are in the same boat. Not really sure what to say, probably more questions than answers at this point, but all those answers are going to come and the questions will be answered uh, when that gate drops in Houston. So that's everything for the press release side of things. I want to get your thoughts on the pro yeah. circuit curse that we've <sighs> deemed it because I think there is a, there, you know, there's the Madden curse with football with people who are on the cover of Madden video games end up getting yeah. hurt or doing pretty terrible in the uh, regular season for football. My man, what do you got for the pro circuit curse? I mean, I'm starting to think there might be something here. Uh, you look at Jordan Smith, who joined the team, you know, 2018, 2019, even 2020. Uh, Austin Forkner, who's had a string of injuries the past three years. You know, last year wasn't his fault, but still had a really bad crash with Jet Lawrence. Broke his collarbone, was out for a while. They haven't won a title since 2019 at the MC and Cirillo in the outdoors. And a Supercross title, 2017 was the last time they won one with Justin Hill. So, Man. I hate to look that far into it, but I'm starting to think that, I mean, it, you, a lot of people are going to say it's bad luck, but this many injuries, you know, they've had, they really have had four injuries because Ryder DeFrancesco was supposed to start in the 250 West. Uh, I think he was going to be West. Either way, he broke his thumb pretty bad. So they're out Ryder D. I mean, it's, it's crazy to think about all these injuries and Mitch has got to be banging his head against the wall. Just the guy's having horrible luck. He's hiring some of the best guys, the best talent. 
Seth Amaker was an amateur phenom, just like Adam Cianzarillo, who was hurt a ton and only won one title with him. Right. I, I don't know, man. This is, this is very weird. What are your thoughts on this whole pro circuit curse? Because I'm sure a lot of people are going to be like, there's no curse, nothing's wrong. It's a good bike. They're fast. I, I think something's going on here. I mean, it's it's interesting because there's a lot, there's many angles we can look at this. I like, and you would see what's going on with Husqvarna, and we're going to talk about that in the next video. But there's a yeah. lot of parallels with what these teams are doing, who they're hiring, but also the injuries that are coming out of left field. And now, mind you, I think there's been a, a string of injuries that just kind of don't make a lot of sense. I, I mean, I've been watching Supercross diligently since about 2011, 2012. Yeah. And I just don't remember this many guys being hurt this early in the season. Um, and also, I don't remember teams scrambling this much to find fill-in riders, to be honest which is another interesting uh, point as well, where they're pulling all this talent from. So it's just, yeah. I, th I think it's been, an, it's been an interesting year and a le it's leaving a lot of team principals scratching their head wondering what's going on. Yeah, it's kind of weird when you look at it like that. You know, it's, it's just something you don't see a lot. You know, a lot of these guys, you know, they'll race 250 West or 250 East because they get hurt, you know, leading mm -hmm. up to the West Coast or vice versa. But it seems like this year, it's just been more and more and more a lot of people decided to race East Coast, in my opinion, because Jet Lawrence was racing 250 West. Yep. So in my mind, it's like, hey, you give them more time, and they should be more prepared to win the East Coast title. But I think it kind of bit them in the long run, because if you put some of your better guys on the West Coast right now, I mean, they might not be hurt. It's, it's a lot of if, ands, and buts, but it just it seems like there could have been better strategies in play here. And give, I feel like if you give guys more time and more practice and more time to ride, there's a good chance they could get hurt more, right? I don't know. Maybe your focus is different because you're focusing right. on the first round instead of focusing on round three or four. Just there's a, there's a lot of ways to look at this one, in my opinion. I think we will know if there's a pro circuit curse based on what Chris Blos does. So, Chris, if you're watching this, okay. my man, and I hope you are, number one, give us a thumbs up and subscribe. But two, <laughs> but two, I think based on how he does this year, if he, you know, hopefully he stays healthy and he doesn't get hurt. But if he does get hurt, man, can you imagine what that does for the morale at Pro Circuit and throughout the industry, man? The pits will be lit up with Pro Circuit going down on all their riders. That would be probably unprecedented, honestly. Yeah, it makes you wonder. I mean, if, if say, Chris Bolos does get hurt, you know, say Carson Muffer does get hurt on the West Coast, say McAdoo gets hurt worse. Again, McAdoo was almost out this weekend. He, he had a really bad crash in the whoops. Does Mitch keep racing in the next couple of years? If he can't keep guys healthy, is there any reason for him to keep spending money going to the races? I mean, obviously he owns Pro Circuit, a very successful business. I don't know. I don't see a reason to go out there and race if you can't keep bikes on the track. No one's making money. Right, and it's the same thing with Formula One. For all my Formula One fans out there, the Haas F1 team, not necessarily the best team, the only American team on the grid, but uh, Gene Haas, the founder of uh, Haas Racing, came out and said, that he was he was unsure if even pumping money into Formula One made sense for them because their drivers were doing terrible, cost them a lot of money. Those cars aren't cheap. So we'll see if Mitch is having those same conversations in a few more weeks after Chris Blos gets his feet uh, under him, and we're going off to the West Coast, man. So um, yeah, I'll give I'll pass the floor over to you for final thoughts before we wrap up. Yeah, all I can really say is you know just keep an eye on Chris Blos, see how he does. And at the end of the day, he's only going to be the only guy out there for Pro Circuit. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on his shoulders. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get a top 10 this weekend, if he's more in the 10 to 15 range, just to get the bike through the finish line, say he finished, and to be able to carry on to the next round. 
Who knows how long Shimoto's gonna be out? Collarbone injuries can sometimes be four weeks, sometimes they're eight weeks. It's, it's just like a really weird situation, something that I personally have never seen in, in the sport of Supercross, right. having a whole team of guys get injured. That's why you run two guys on each coast, so you have, in case somebody gets hurt, you got another one. This That's is a it. really, really unique situation. I, I'm just kind of lost for words. I don't really know what to say other than, <laughs> Chris Blows, do not get hurt, buddy, because there's a lot on your shoulders. <laughs> My man, there's a lot on your shoulders, but hey, this is why you make the big bucks and you're on the big stage. So, um, yeah. guys, as always, thanks for st sticking by us. This is uh, this is our formal wrap-up on this video here. Be on the lookout for our next video. We're going to be digging into uh, Husqvarna and everything going on over there, too. Malcolm Stewart, big name that we want to jump into. So be sure to like, comment, subscribe. Also, with this video... Let us know your thoughts in the comment section as to what you think Chris Blos is going to do and what your thoughts are on that pro circuit curse. Um, but guys, that's all for now. Be sure to check back next week for our future video on Husqvarna and we'll see you guys real soon.